Welcome to the Saving Capitalism Podcast. Welcome everybody to the podcast and Alfonso, I got you here with me. You're up in the great white North Canada there. How's it going? Oh, it's not so white right now. Hey, there, it looks <laughs> green. It's looking good. You know, uh, regardless to what people think, you know, there is summer up here. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, the best two weeks ever, right? Yeah, that's the best two weeks of our lives over here. <laughs> What part of the world, what part of the- Idaho. Idaho. Okay, yeah. I know Idaho very much. Yep. Yeah. It's nice that it's green. So do you know, do you know the most southern point of, southern point of Canada is, is more south than the most northern part of California? Whoa. <laughs> you didn't know that. No. <laughs> right? So the weather- the, So the I weather... live more north by a lot then than 50% of Canadians. 50, yeah. <laughs> and how long, so are you from Canada? No, I'm from Central America. I'm from El Salvador. Oh, El Salvador. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. a big, that's a big swap. Well, you know, I came, uh, I came here in the eighties. Uh, we, our country was at war oh. and I came here as a ref, landing refugee. And, um, how old you know, were you? I was about nine years old. Nine. Right. So very hard integrating into the system here, educational system here in Canada and, uh, and, you know, I ended up living multiple places, including Miami. I've lived in Miami and, uh, you know, I kind of like, I don't know, it feels home. That's awesome. And uh, you uh, are an investor on both sides of the border, correct? So you invest both in the U.S. and Canada. Yes, yes. Well, for me, it was important to get rid of that border. You know, the, yeah. uh, that border is like an invisible line for a lot of people. But, you know, there's opportunities everywhere, really, everywhere in the, in the world. Yes. Uh, but we're, if we're going to talk about North America and if we're going to talk about specifically Canada and the U.S., um, you know, there's great opportunity on both sides of the border. Yes. Now, it would be I, – I like to think, you know – Along that line, fundamentals are fundamentals, right? That's it. I mean, the, 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 you know, and I've educated people in Australia. I mean, as long as we're all using Western banking, the Western banking system yes. of leverage, this is, this is kind of like the one key uh, component of what makes uh, real estate great on this, in this part of the world, right? Versus for where I'm from, where the banking system is very different. You know, there's no, you know, you don't have a, you know, 80, 20 loan to value. You don't have a, you know, like there's no credit score per se. I mean, it's pretty much connections based and you got to know someone in the bank and, and you're going to get 50, 50 loan to value. And so, you know, the North America in terms of like Canada and the U S um, having that Western banking system, it's what makes it possible for us to, you know, take part in these opportunities, right? Yeah. Which is why we're living in the in, in, in the best of times, I would say, yeah. because leverage is easy and attainable and it's easy to grow. And um, I think in, in terms of Canada and the US, uh, two best countries in the world, right? 100%. We'll never get to this point in where I am right now in my business, you know, having a multi-million dollar portfolio across North America. I would never be able to do that back home. No. 
I used to live in Brazil and, you know, I tell a lot of people, I'm like, you do not realize how unique and special the opportunities are here. And, yeah. and you know, you can take a, a handful of other countries, we could say maybe um, in Australia and Europe, but even most of Europe, that's a total no. You do not have access like yeah. you do here. It is so unique for the vast majority. 90% of the world is not like this. And it's exactly. like, do not waste that opportunity. It's The opportunity might not be here for long, right? You're exactly right. And it's like, this is a, and two, people think it's so hard. And I'm like, you have no idea, like what you would have to do in literally probably 95% of the entire rest of the world, maybe even more what you would have to do to achieve the base level of asset ownership and investing that we get here. It's well, not even comparable. In, for example, in my country, you know, it's very uh, class-based, you know, like you're either, mm -hmm. you know, if, you're, if your economic class is, is you know, if, let's say you're in poverty, yep. your main objective is just to survive, right? Yeah. And uh, at the very least, make sure that your kids go to school. And so, you know, the, the mindset is different, right? They have other things to worry about and focus on versus here where our basic needs are pretty much met. Yeah. Uh, yep. And then the power of leverage using leverage, this gives the little guy, the average Joe, the average person an opportunity to achieve amazing success, right? Where, yeah. you know, we wouldn't be able to do that, do that anywhere else. hundred percent. It is, um, it is such a gift and an opportunity. And uh, when you look about even on what the countries do to then allow you the ability to exercise, not only in the financing structure, not in the, only in the lack of class structure, um, yeah. you know, people that in America that say, oh yeah, like, you know, it's a, an elite class structure. So I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about. Go to Latin America. <laughs> yeah. Go to anywhere else in the world. Yeah, like you yeah. have no idea what you're talking about. It is yeah. not a class structure like that. And now it's an economic class structure, meaning the yeah. better that you get, the more opportunities that you have. Yeah. But that is a natural phenomenon of opportunities, right? Absolutely. Because yeah. you increase your overall connections, you increase, increase your balance sheet, you increase your knowledge and ability. So that is a natural occurring thing. And it's much harder to start out with anywhere, even in America or Canada, it's much harder to start out than when you achieve it. Yeah. Obviously, like, I don't understand why that's a, like, you, you don't know how you don't have resources, right? But when you build it, then you do. And if you look at what Canada and the United States have e even created, I mean, you're talking about a country that, uh, you know, facts that blow your mind. In the United States, the greatest generation, that's what we call them, the big one, right? After the World War II, everything else like that. They worked more in two months, the average yeah. America did, American did, than the average American today works all year. Incredible. In just two months, they worked more than today's average American works all year. And when Americans are like, you know, we don't have the same opportunities that like our grandparents did in the greatest generation. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What to explain yeah. to me what opportunities that they have that you don't. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's mind blowing to me that that's even a, a thought process. And when you look at somebody like you, 
you're you were an immigrant. You went and look at everything you've accomplished and what you've done. And it's, you know, it, it, you value that. And that's why you share it. And this is why I always encourage people to leave, to leave your country, explore the world. Cause then you're going to, number one, you're going to, you're going to be grateful when you come back, you're going to be grateful of, yes. you know, uh, for what you have. And then when you see other systems and you see what other people have to do and you see what other people are willing to sacrifice in order to come here you're not going to take this for granted right and because i came here relatively early you know i kind of lost my way as a teenager but uh ultimately when i realized you know all the sacrifices that my mom had to make we had to leave an entire life back home not because we wanted to because it wasn't safe for us to be there anymore yeah. and you know we, we we came to 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 this country with with you know no contacts no family and you know and i was messing it up right i wasn't i wasn't uh taking all the opportunities and so that was a big switch in my mind right and you only know that by comparison yes people can tell you how it is in brazil yeah but, but you don't know if you, have you go there and this and you see for yourself yes. how lucky we are here it's not going to really uh you know hit home a hundred percent it's uh, and we're very isolated and uh, take for granted a lot of things and that really shoots people in the foot because it's like you're taking your own power away you know yeah. like yeah. You, you it's like you're giving it away and yeah. uh, I, I, I just like I that that that's hard for me to see. And you look in America. So America, from going from uh, poverty to not poverty, right? The average person in poverty, the percentage of people that go from poverty to not in poverty in America, is like seventy six percent. It's one of the mm-hmm. highest, if not the yeah. highest, upper mobility from poverty in the entire world. Now, when you look at that. What that means then is if you're in poverty and you stay in poverty, that's actually not the norm. You are outside the norm because Absolutely. the vast majority of people leave it. And when you go and you live in other countries, right, you know, living in Brazil and uh, um, I lived there for years and I didn't, I wasn't on like Ipanema Beach. No, I lived in the favelas of Sao Paulo with 25 million whoa, people. Whoa, whoa. It was like, and you... When I looked at that, I'm like, you don't understand. Poverty is the norm. 90% of the people live in poverty. There's no upward mobility. Yeah. Like, it's not like I can say, hey, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You know, it's almost impossible because the the mindset is on survival. Yes. And if your mindset is on survival, that's all you're going to do. You'll achieve it. Yep. You You will survive, right? Yes. And so it's like, imagine holding a door. And behind that door, there is hunger, there is uh, crime, there is uh, dysfunction. Uh, You're holding this door closed, right? That's all you can focus on, right? And um, where we are here, we're we're so fortunate that our basic needs are met. That's That's a norm. And when your basic needs are met, this is when the mind can create can create more, become more. And we're living in a, around an environment where other people are creating more, becoming more, and then we become inspired by them. And it's, there's like, there's, there's a path, right? There's a clear path of how people can, can become successful. I love that, man. I love your attitude. 
I love your, I uh, I was reading a book called the triple package and they looked at segments of the population that are very, very successful. And, uh, there was a handful of groups that just bucked the norm, like these groups, these subcultures within, in uh, the United States. And I think they looked at a couple other countries, but they were just, they, they performed much higher than the average. And one of the biggest was immigrants. Immigrants performed economically at a much higher level and they uh, moved up classes much higher than other um, other subclasses, which yeah. is interesting because you're like, that's actually should be the opposite, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it is essentially you just who's hungrier, right? A hundred percent. You have a direct comparison of what you where where you used to be, and you could definitely say, I don't want to go back there again. Yes, right? you're exactly right. And because the people that like even my daughter, right? My daughters, mm-hmm. I have two daughters. Like yeah. they're second generation. I can already see the difference in the hunger, yeah. right? Even though I think my 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 both my daughters are are, are very successful yeah. and they're, they're they're driven, but it's there's there's a little difference there you know when you have driven is different than hunger yeah exactly exactly it fire like that yes you know? and uh you know not that they can't get there no right? not they can't can get yeah there, but like you know in canada we have and by the way i, I don't want to i don't want to get make it seem like I'm, I'm making fun of anybody but we have these things called furries uh in canada yeah uh, we have them here too <laughs> yeah so anyways i'm not making fun of anybody everybody can do whatever they like but that doesn't exist back home, right? Yeah. No, people are starving to death. Yeah. You don't have time to put on a costume and you know, twenty four seven. You know, and adults it just can't like, pretend. It's yeah, like that exactly. doesn't that doesn't exist. Yeah. It's like and, no, and we, we have to actually wake up every morning and we we have to do something to make it. Yeah, yeah, and so I think it's a sign of uh, affluent. Like we're becoming very affluent 100%. as a society, right? In, yep. in Western in the Western world. And um, that's a sign of it. When people, they, they don't know what else to create for themselves. They start, you know, uh, if they start um, questioning identity and, and things like that, right? Not that there's anything wrong with it, but uh, yeah, yep. I can see why, that's, we're, why we're headed that way. A hundred percent. And this is something that's played out time and time again, too, that yeah. affluence. And, you know, so it, it, I, I love the overall how you your, your, your responsibility that you take, you, you can just hear it's on me and I'm going to do it and I can do it. Right. Yeah. And then two, instead of complaining about the situation, you actually look and see the amazing things about it. You were an immigrant that had every right to complain about the situation. This isn't my native language. I'm culturally different, right? Everything else like that. And instead right. you're sitting here saying, this is amazing. Look at this opportunity. Right. Yeah, and that always go. I did take it for granted at the beginning when, because I came here so young. Yeah. Right? I came here when I was nine. And so, uh, you know, it did take me about a year to learn the language. So now I'm 10, uh, being influenced by media and, you know, and I didn't have a, I, I didn't have a good run in, in school. Right. Yeah. You know, it was hard to integrate into the education system because I came from a country of war. I missed a lot of educational opportunities and, um, you know, I don't know. There was a lot of anger that I had and resentment. And, um, you know, at 15, I, I, in, I think we've, 
it's, it's probably on your show notes there, but you know, I was homeless at 15 years old. I lived on the streets and, and I had a lot of blame of why my excuses of why my life was there. Right. Yeah. And, uh, for me, what happened was, you know, I became a father at 17 Yeah. and that was a life changing moment for me. And at that point is what I realized all the sacrifices that my mom had gone through in order to get me to this country. And, and I remember thinking to myself, I'm messing this up. I'm messing it up. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm not here to, uh, to become a, a tradesperson. I'm not here to just be average. Right. Yeah. And now that I'm a father, I wanted, I wanted to be an example for my little girl. And, uh, that's kind of what was the, the, the changing point in my life that set me off on a different traje- trajectory and I started a business and, you know, that's kind of how it all kind of started yeah. for me. And, <clears throat> you know, it can be, it, it's easy to, to, to forget where you are. Yes. It's easy to forget all the opportunities. It's hard to, to see the picture when you're in the frame. Right. Yes. And that's what happened to me. You know, I was like, I was not, I was not taking advantage of all the opportunities that we had here, you know, and you learned at 17, what lots and lots of adults never learn period. So, you know, that's, that, that's pretty incredible. Now, after you kind of made this realizing, what was your first venture? What did you start? Was it entrepreneurship or was it investing? I knew, I knew two things and my mom had told me, you got to get your education. So I get back, I went back to high school. So I, I, I pretty much dropped out, left home at 15 years old. And I, I, I lived on the streets for uh, years and I had a lot of dark moments. And then at 17, my daughter was born and I kind of had this, you know, change in my life. And obviously I had to step up. And so a big uh, a big part of that was I had to get a job. I had to earn income for this family that now I, I, I have at 17. And uh, I got this job and minimum wage back then was five bucks an hour. Yeah. So. Not much, not much to, you know, yeah. hardly enough to, to make to, it, to feed a, a small, a small family. And so I remember I took one of my paychecks for two weeks. So I was going to high school full time and I was working full time and uh, taking care of my daughter. And uh, <clears throat> I remember I took one of my paychecks, $250 uh, for working uh, for two weeks. And uh, I went to Toronto, which has like a you know a district where you have a lot of like street vendors and whatnot and i bought in bulk and that's where i started my very first business i, I was 17 jeans and t-shirts and uh i sold them in my high school they had never seen these types of jeans and t-shirts probably all bootleg i'm, I'm not sure <laughs> i'm sure there was all there was all bootleg stuff but uh, <laughs> ultimately by the time i was uh, 19 I opened my first physical location. By the time I was 21, I had uh, locations all across Canada. And, uh, you know, I fell in love with being an entrepreneur, right? I, I, I discovered a way that I can have full control over my time. The, the, the only issue was I was not very financially literate. And I didn't, I would, I want to say that at 21, I was like investing my money or whatnot. But, you know, imagine when you were 21, if you had access to all of this money, what would you do with it? Well, you, I'm sure you'd be smarter than I was. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know about that. So <laughs> I blew it all. You know, yep. I, blew it all. I thought it was going to be uh, a tap that was going to keep on giving 
for the rest of my life, right? Yeah. I, I had no clue about ups and downs, recessions, and you know, uh, corrections and all of that stuff. You know. Yeah. It. it you know, it's interesting. I, I think about this a lot, how much knowledge plays into this. And it's, I've heard this a lot and I think it's really true. Um, it's uh, easier to make money than it is to keep it. And it's the easiest thing to make. Yeah. Right. And, and you just got to learn how to, how to preserve the cash. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that's, that is, that is hard. It is not easy. Um, and I think that, you know, developing a framework and it goes back to a lot, this idea that it's, it's the process, not, not the destination, uh, because like, it's not a lottery ticket. So exactly. If you don't like the process and if you're not committed to things that you generally will always lose it because you're going to blow it. You're not going to take care of it. You don't enjoy the process anyways. You're not going to repeat it and it'll be gone. Well, if you if you Google people that win the uh, the lottery after what happens to people uh, when they win the lottery after three years, usually they're in a worse position than they started in the first place. Yeah. Right? And the, the reason is because the mindset hasn't changed. Right. And so I came from a from poverty. Right. And all of a sudden I get the success. And, um, you know, I all I know is to consume. Right. That's all. That's how we are programmed, right? We live in an economic planet. And so uh, consumerism is the major driver of why anybody does anything. And so that's kind of where my mind was at. I didn't have the investor mindset. I had the consumer mindset. And so I'm I'm spending all this money and I'm thinking that this money is just going to be just keep on coming. And then... um, at 21, I have millions of dollars. And then at 24, I'm negative a million dollars. <laughs> yeah. So not only did I spend everything I, I, that, was, that I made, my business was in trouble. Uh, you know, suppliers had cut me off. And I remember thinking to myself, I messed up here. Like, what am I going to do? And like, you know, how am I going to change this? And so then I, this is when I started to educate myself and I started to, I'm like, there's a problem here. Like, I know how to make money, but why is it that it comes in this hand, it goes out this Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so uh, it's a big lesson. And you know what? I think it's made me uh, the person I am today because you also need that people need to experience the feeling of losing it. Like, there's something about having it, uh, not having it, and then having it. And then having someone take it, take it away. And when someone takes it away when you've had it, it's harder than, ha- than not having it when you've never had it. <laughs> that that right? happened to me. I almost know. lost. We, I um, did a bad business deal. And I almost lost uh, everything that I had in my family. had, And, I, and I, nothing changed me more. Yeah. That was like, holy cow, it can go away so fast. It, exactly. it, it was like, it's almost like you don't even realize it. Yeah. And then that, uh, my relationship with money, business and investing completely changed. Yeah. It you see was, it from a different perspective, right? Yeah. And you, you learn nothing from winning all the time, right? Yep. And uh, I've talked to a lot of investors and, you know, I've been doing this for a very long time, right? I've been like... I've been investing for over 23 years and in, in terms of real estate and in business for, you know, over 27 years. And ultimately, you know, uh, when I see some of these young investors and, 
and uh, you know, I we talk about you know, I, the people ask me questions, and I'm and I'm like, well, that was kind of like it, how it was in 2019. They're like, oh, I wasn't an investor in 2019. Okay, now I understand where because people don't know how to navigate through the waters that we're in today. Yes, because they haven't experienced yes. the ups and downs, right? Yep. And so, you know, I think there's something to be said about experience. And 100%. having done it where <clears throat> you've seen all the ups and downs and people ask me all the time, Alfonso, how come you share uh, so much of your failures with people, right? Isn't it embarrassing or, you know, it, 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 you know, aren't people going to look at you in a, in a, in a, in, in the wrong way or look at you in the, uh, in the wrong way. And I'm like, listen, look, uh, first of all, I want to, I hope to inspire people. Right. So yeah. I've been, I've been down up, down, and out, and then back up. And so, you know, there's nothing that can happen to you other than death that you can't recover from. And, you know, I think people can draw inspiration from many elements of my life. And also, you know, anybody that I do business with or that, or educate or anything that, anything that I'm doing, everyone should know that, yes, I've failed before. This is why I'm here today. Yep. I love that. I I think failure being a part of the process, it, it's not just a part of the process. It is a just as much of the process as success is, but it's more vastly more of the teacher. Um, yeah. When I look back, you know, like you said, you talk about failures. I, I mean, yes, I, I have all these wins, things like that, but lessons that I've learned. And when I hear people talking, it brings me to my failures. Yeah. And those are the ones that make leaps, right? Successes are incremental moves, but mm-hmm. failures were either leaps down or I turned them into a leap up. Um, meaning that it was still a down, but then I had to change it and use it to something to go up. And it, it, it created that leap up to be that much bigger. And you know what to do the next time it happens, right? Exactly. And, and, and you know how to adjust. You could say, I've been here before. And so it's, it's the steady hand, right? But people and, want, people but, want the wins. They don't want the failures. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But it's the failures are, I, I want to know, I want to know your failures, right? Yeah. If I'm going to invest with you, I want to, I'm going to ask a simple question, you know, like, Tell me about a deal that didn't work out mm-hmm. and what did you do about it? Yep. Right. Yep. And, and you know, th- those are, you know, if, if, if who's ever listening to this and, and wants to invest with someone, that's an important question. Very important. <clears throat> and they should be able to tell you, it's funny because like even you asking that, I know exactly the deal. I know exactly the two things wrong. I, I can tell you exactly what we changed because of it. Right. Exactly. I, I know exactly what was happening during it. I know how we were prepared and how we weren't prepared. And now if you said, you know, oh yeah, tell me about a deal that went well. I'm like, oh, well, there's this deal and that deal. Like I'd have to look at the details, right? I don't have to do that with my failures. <laughs> so, Well, you, you, you ask some people, tell me about something that went wrong. And they're like, never went wrong. Oh. I've like home runs every time I went up to bat. <laughs> well, for, for me, I'm like, you're going to fail. So, you know, you're going to fail on my money. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want you playing with my money. Yes. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, or you're, you're, you're BSing, you know? Yes. Uh, either one of those two, right? One of those two. And they're both bad. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. I, I would much rather say, have somebody say, um, I haven't, I've been lucky enough that we've been in an up market or something. I haven't failed, but I know that's coming. And yeah. I know that this, and this is what I believe, how it'll create it, everything. And here's my action plan. I'm good with that. Me too. Like, okay, <laughs> great. Because now you're looking for the, the mines yeah. and you have an action plan to go forward, right? Um, but a lot of people, they don't even think about the failures because they don't like to. It hurts, right? It's yeah. painful. It, it, like, I don't want to think about how I'm going to lose. I only want to think about how I'm going to win. Today, I think way more about how I'm going to lose than how I'm going to win. Most people, um, you know, there's this idea of positive thinking, Right. Yeah, and I like I, I I'm not so much keen on the positive thinking Me and positive intelligence. Yep. Right. Yep. And it's it's about you know seeing things as they are, but not worse than they are. Yes. But realist. But but asking yourself, how can I make it better? Right. Hundred percent. So you don't want to be in denial. This positive thinking that. Uh, you know, it's been misunderstood by society that, you know, you have to be positive all the time for positive things to happen. It's, it's, it's denial. <laughs> I literally put on my Instagram today, a video that was stop being so positive because that's yeah. exactly what I was getting out of. Like what you're doing is you're having an emotional reaction to try to change an outcome. Yeah. Reality doesn't care what your emotions are. So stop. The train is still going to hit you if you're on the tracks. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, instead, the positive way would be is I know I can overcome anything. So let's figure out what we need to overcome and let's yeah. look at the bad things and the negatives and then create a plan around it, but not be emotionally attached to it. Yeah. And so the, the way I look, it's like positive intelligence, right? Yes. It's like, like emotional that. intelligence. I or, like that. It, the, the, it's a different spin to it and it gets people to think, oh, what do you mean? Uh, it's not positive thinking. Yeah, positive thinking, it's great, but you also don't want to end up in denial, right? Yes. And you know, if things are going wrong and then you start, you know, uh, borrowing from one person uh, to, you know, cover a loan over here and borrowing from this person to cover a loan over here, you know, and everything's going to be fine. Everything's great. Everything's great. You are living in denial, right? Versus positive intelligence. Okay. The, the, the investment is not doing well. What can we do about it? Right? Okay. This is, this is the truth. Sometimes you got to stand in your truth yep. and your investors are going to respect you yes. for that. Right. And being open with your investors and saying, listen, the roof went out, right? Yeah going to be $80,000. We weren't expecting it, right? Yep. But this is this is the action plan. We're going to borrow money here in the next 6 months we'll recover and everything's going to be fine, right? 100%. And and I think sometimes especially in this climate with interest rates uh where interest rates are going up, um <clears throat> people tend to be uh people don't they they don't want to be honest. They don't want to stand in their truth because they're afraid of judgment and they're afraid of what, what people may say. Right. 100%. And so that, that get, gets people into trouble. And what happens is, you know, when you're paying, borrowing from Paul to pay Peter, you know, and you know, if this is what you're, this is how you're sustaining things, you end up in trouble. Yeah. I, I love that idea of being able to stand in truth. Like yeah. this is the situation. Now, this is not a reflection on me, although I may have done something wrong. 
that means I screwed up and I need to make it better, right? Um, and I need either help or I don't, right? It, but just being able to look at the situation and say, yeah. this is the situation. It's good. It's bad. We need that action plan to be able to move forward. And uh, easier said than done. And I mean this all the time. I mean, if, if when we've had something go wrong where we had the uh, funny, you mentioned the roofs. So I was like, oh, wow, you know me. Because uh, my 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 first syndication deal that I ever did that I took other investors' money. And prior to that, I'd, I'd, I'd never taken other investors' money. And when we had this portfolio, we were amazing at what we did. The first deal we did as a syndication, None of the leases had been signed. Even the owner sent the owner sent over leases that were executed for the things. They weren't. They were old leases. None of those companies existed. And the roofs, we found out a month later after a ginormous rainstorm were leaking. So we we didn't have leases with tenants and we needed to replace this. And I've never had one of those things happened ever on a deal. And both of them happened on the deal. And I was like, and it was my first deal with investors. Wow. Of course. <laughs> Of course, but uh, but what did you do? We uh, we so immediately we we sent out to the investors and we were like, you know, in, in two one of the things you don't realize is lots of times the stuff drags on. So people think it's like, oh, I'll figure it out, and then I'm like, no, it was like a six month period of saying we're trying to figure this out. We know there's yeah. leaks, yeah. it's all over, and then that resulted in a huge drop in occupancy, right? And we expressed, hey guys, this is why we're conservative. Right. So we don't have to do anything like we, we're not losing money. We're not doing all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, and, uh, but all our, you're, we're not giving distributions, right? You're one, you're two. We have to fix the roofs. We have to force leases, sign up. We did, right? Uh, went through. They all, they were all great. They all stuck by us. They, they understood it. Um, and we showed updates and transparency, giving distributions, revenues right back on track. Everything's good. And we'll, we'll hit our annual averages. But for the first two years, it, it didn't look like that. Um, yeah. And uh, that, yeah. I can, and I, can, I can respect that. You know, it's, there's, I mean, people ask me all the time, Alfonso, like, I want to, I want, I want to, you know, get to your level, right? And, and I, I want to, uh, you know, I want I want you to give me the book to read. What's the book? Like, give me the book, you know? Yeah. And people are always expecting me to say, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or um, Thinking Grow Rich, or the Ten or Ten X, or any of those books that are going to really like get you going. Uh, but I always re recommend. Listen, you need two things. Number one, leadership and sales. Right. Yes. Those those, those two subject matters you need to master. Master. Right. And a big part of leadership is communication, and being able to stand up when the times are tough, and making sure that everyone feels. Like it's going to be okay. Yeah. And so, you know, when COVID came, the world was upside down. We didn't even know what was going to go. We didn't know what was going on, but we couldn't put our head in the sand. You know, we had to, we, 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 we sent out community. We had to worry about our investors, our families, our employees, our tenants, our lenders. I mean, there's a lot of responsibility and we can't just be quiet in our corner while the whole world is falling apart. And so every single day I was sending out reports, getting people on Zoom calls, you know what I mean? Making sure everyone knows, guess what? We don't have any information right now, but if something changes, we'll let you know. Yep. And people, people said to me, well, why do, why do if, there's not, if there's nothing has changed, why do you gotta let people know? Because people need to know yeah. 
there is someone there. There's a leader there and they have control, right? Yeah, I learned I learned that a hard way where it was like, you know, with investors thing is is no communication is bad news. Yeah. And um, when you're in it, you don't think about that because you have the information. Yeah. But if the other people don't have the information and a lot of time goes by, they're like, uh-oh, what's going on, right? Exactly. And so just follow-ups and constant communication, uh, that's been a big thing we, uh, you know, we've looked at in our organization, how we talk to investors and how we talk to people. It's, it's like no communication is bad communication. Hey, everybody, yeah. not much has changed since the last update. Things are still going okay. Um, we'll move on. We'll update you. And right. Right. Then they're fine. That's all, pe- that's all people need. That's all people need. That's all people need. And, you know, and, and that's a leader. That's leadership, yes. right? That's a, if, if you want to be a leader, you can't just be a leader when everything is going well. Like everyone wants to deliver good news. Yeah. <laughs> I love delivering. Yeah, that's fun. Everybody wants that. <laughs> you know, but you got to, you know, it's it's the the awkward conversations and it's the, the communication. It's the leadership that you build through delivering things that are not as sexy. Yeah. Everybody wants to be a leader, but nobody wants to do what leaders do. And that is basically you take the blame all, you take the blame if anything goes wrong and it's on you. And then also too, um, you're the one that has to have bad conversations, the conversations that people dread that they would be horrified if they had to have, you gotta have those all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you gotta be real. You gotta be you know, and that may be bad because something bad happened or that may be with employees that may be right. And leadership is about not just the inspiring. It's not just the what you'd see on TV, right? Mm-hmm. No, it's also about taking the arrows. It, yeah. You know, it's about sitting down with somebody and saying, hey, listen, the, this is not going to be a fun conversation. And I'm sorry, but, it, you know, we've got to have this here and yes. telling people what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. And uh, that can be a tough part, a really, really tough part. AJ, I think we're so much in alignment with the way we think. It's it's incredible. We haven't met before. I know, right? Uh, yeah, no, it's 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 really cool. You know, it's 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 crazy. All the people that you meet in, the, in this industry. And uh, I'm glad I met you. You, I think we can have a beer together. Like you're, you're right on. <laughs> you too, man. This is no, it's it, you're. Yeah. This is it's an easy conversation, right? And two, you can tell because you're you're a leader. You're actually out. It's not fluff. It's yeah. not the the words on a wall to you know make people feel good or something. It, it's the real stuff. Well, you know, from that too, talk to me about what you're doing your organizations and your investments today. Tell everybody, what are what are you doing? What are you excited about today? Well, you know, there's a few things that I, I get excited about. You know, primarily uh, one of them is my youth foundation. So right. we started the Quadra Youth Foundation and like a long time. So I'm 46. Yeah. I know I don't look it. You know, I don't look. <laughs> Not a day over 25, man. But, uh, you know, I worked, uh, I worked my behind off, uh, you know, my, I would say my entire twenties, all of my twenties and, um, you know, ups and downs, like we just described. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, at the beginning of my twenties, I was taking a lot of holidays, but you know, when things got rocky, I had to go back and rebuild my company. 
And so, you know, I would take these week-long holidays, you know, all-inclusive, you know, eat four times a day and yep. and uh, get all the fun in a week and then go back and, and work. And uh, I remember fantasizing about what, what my life would look like if I had all my time back. And um, that day came, you know, I thought I was going to sit on the beach for the rest of my life. Uh, so when I was 30 years old, I, I was financially free. Uh, I had sold my company, I had my real estate portfolio, and I had, didn't have to work another day in my life. And um, I said, well, what am I going to do? Well, I booked two weeks. And what I realized was on the second week, I was miserable. <laughs> yep. I was the only person on that beach just like, oh, this sucks, right? Yep. And um, I realized life is about fulfillment, right? And what I thought I wanted, I didn't even want. You know, I thought I wanted to be on the beach for the rest of my life. Once I got I, I got to that point, I'm like, this sucks. I don't want this. And so, you know, I made a decision that day that I was going to live a life of fulfillment. And I was, I was going to help people get to that level of financial freedom. And so that led me into the education space yeah. and speaking, mentoring, coaching. And so as a result of that, you know, I built this big business and, you know, I've, I've created thousands of millionaires all over the world. But my biggest passion is working with young people because I think you have more of a chance with younger people that haven't been polluted yet. Right. And ultimately, there's no there's no financial literacy in the schools. And even if you try to introduce it, how do you have a teacher that's financially illiterate yeah. teach financial literacy? Yeah. Right. And so at the very beginning, I would go to the schools and, and uh, I would I would want I would want to do these talks and these full day programs. And they say, well, you know, we'll give you 30 minutes or, you know. 90 minutes. And I'm like, I just give me a whole day, you know? Yeah. And so ultimately they don't have funding. They're not interested. And so I decided to take, uh, take the situation to, into my own hands. And I started the Quadra Youth Foundation. And the mandate is bringing uh, financial literacy to uh, young people globally. We're going to, st we started in our backyard in U the U S and in Canada. And uh, basically it's, it's, it's based on uh, events where young people can uh, come and, and learn about personal development, public speaking, uh, salesmanship, uh, and financial literacy. It's a one-day event it's called the Ultimate Teen Entrepreneur. And uh, we've been doing them all over Canada and now the, the U.S. So that's what got, that's, that's what's got me excited. <laughs> I love that. I love yeah. that. Um, offline, we're gonna we're gonna have to talk a lot about about a lot of stuff because my my wife's that's uh, uh that's what she does and she's got some pretty oh, incredible stuff let's, going let's, on. Let's let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. So that's kind of you know, and of course we're always growing the portfolio, but we've gone you know, so we built the portfolio all across North America, you know, Canada and the U.S. And uh, you know, now we've transitioned into more building properties. So we're building apartment buildings. So that's kind of my MO, you know, I yeah. buy, I buy and build, uh, apartment buildings, um, you know, anywhere between, you know, 50 to 200 units at a time. And, you know, I love what I do is exciting. And uh, through wealth genius, we teach people to do the same thing that I've done. Right. Yes. I, 
I love it, man. I love your mission. Um, you're, you're, you're an inspiration. Um, and you're, you're out there killing it. Good for you. Good for you. I appreciate you. I mean, like, I want to know all about you when we get out. I mean, uh, I want to know about your portfolio, what you do. I'm like, we're going to have a beer. We're we're going to have a beer together. (laughs) Do it, man. I would absolutely love that. Well, and before we, we, we end here, please tell everybody where they can go to follow you, to learn more about you. Where should we send people? The best is my YouTube channel. If anything is in alignment with you, uh, just reach out, right? Reach out from there. And we'll have those links uh, uh, below. So thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for sharing your wisdom. And I look forward to the future, to seeing you as you just continue to crush it. And I, can I just say, AJ, like the the, the format of your program is um, very authentic and through these conversations, I think people can learn more than, you know, the, the, the scripted, uh, you know, kind of like interviews that you kind of see out there, like with podcasts. And, you know, I, I really appreciate your style and, uh, you're killing it, my man. You're killing it. Congratulations. I appreciate that. I, and I try to be, that's, that's the goal is I, I want it to be authentic. And I, and I, I really hope that the leader, uh, listeners can fill it and things like that, because I think it gives them access to you in a way that, you know, they wouldn't. And it's from you talking more from the, the heart and your journey yeah. and things like that, which is important. Yeah. So, thank you. Appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Thank man. you. Appreciate you.